The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, that you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. in the church service where we stop what we're doing and everybody shakes hands. Do you know what that's called? Yeah. Peace. Yeah. We share the peace, right? We share the peace of God with one another. Now, in order to share the peace, there's an action that goes with it. And I just said it. Does anyone know what it is? Yeah. You say the word peace. You say the word peace and what else? Peace be with you. What action do we do with our bodies? We shake hands. That's right. That's right. Did you know there's lots of different ways to share the peace? I want to share some of those with you. Can we all get up and stand in a circle? And we're going to take a couple of steps back. 
So we have some space, okay? That's good, right there. This is a good circle. Now the first way to share the piece, and it's from a long, long time ago, and we still do it a little bit, is to bow to one another. Have you ever bowed to anybody? One of the ways that we first shared peace was when we saw another human being, we recognized that we were seeing someone that God loved. And so we would do this. Can you do that with me? Very good. Does it feel different? Kind of feels weird? Not something you do every day? That's okay. There's still two times in the service that I bow to you and the whole congregation because I see people who God loves. It's at the beginning when I put my hands out and I say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And as you say and also with you, I bow to you. The other time is during the peace. I say the peace of the Lord be with you always. And you say it also with you, and I bow to you. There's another way to share peace. And I think you learned it for your song today. Yeah. It's this. This is sign language for be calm or peace. Yeah. Yeah, when you do like this, it almost looks like you're, you're doing a heart. It does, doesn't it? Peace, peace is a part of our hearts. Now, for those in the congregation, we start with our hands kind of crossed like this, and then we switch them, <laughs> and then we do this peace motion. It's kind of like being safe, except for gentle, all right? Now, I think that we should try this out for a while. So for the next couple weeks, when we do the sharing of the peace, when we say peace be with you to everybody, instead of shaking hands, I want you to do this. So, Cooper, peace be with you. Jack, peace be with you. Claire, peace be with you. Clayton, peace be with you. Chloe, peace be with you. Anthony, peace be with you. Brady, peace be with you. Lily, peace be with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that today? Yeah, let's do it today. That'd be great. I invite the whole congregation to do that as well. I think that every once in a while, we get to try out something new. And sometimes it's because we want to do something new, and sometimes it's because we have to do something new. But no matter what, I want you to know that when we do something new, that the peace of God stays with you. The love of God stays with you. Does that make sense? All right. We're going to try it out this week, and let me know how it goes, okay? Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, we're very thankful. We're thankful for your love for us. How you've loved us a whole long time. And that there's always peace for us. Help us to be people that share that peace and that love with one another. In every way that we can imagine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you help us pass out, Clayton? Thank you. We have a snack.
Thank you, Pastor. In the name of Jesus, amen. This text begins with Nicodemus showing up, and it feels like, and it reads like, Nicodemus wants to ask Jesus something. But the first thing Nicodemus says to Jesus is not a question, it's a statement. Surely you must be from God, for no one can do these signs that we see apart from the very presence of God. Cool. It's a very clear and concise thesis statement. If Nicodemus was going to seminary, that's a great way to start the paper, right? It's very much right here. I've figured this out, Jesus. I've made the connections. And in my brain, I've put these things together. But then you can almost feel it in the text, can't you? He just stares at Jesus expectantly. Do something with this information that I've just brought up. I like how the text very gently says, Jesus answered him as if there were already a question. And Jesus doesn't really go into the thesis statement, breaking it apart, saying like, oh yeah, you did a good job recognizing that from these signs, I'm from God. He just starts talking about being born. He starts talking about the kingdom of God. He starts talking about spirit and water, flesh and spirit, while it takes just a little bit to read, this feels like one of those conversations that starts late into the night, or starts in the evening, goes late into the night, and maybe even into early morning. If these are the cliff notes of the conversation, you've, you know what this conversation feels like, don't you? Some people enjoy those conversations. I'm one of those. Some people dread those conversations because of the day after and everything that happens. But no matter what, this is the God of heaven and earth sitting with one person who just wants to get it. And the God of heaven and earth sits with this person the whole night, as long as it takes. At the end of this conversation, because the things just keep seeming to swirl around in Nicodemus' head, Jesus gives his own thesis statement. Except for this is not a thesis statement buried up here in the brain. This is a thesis statement from the heart. This is the foundation of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that all who believe in him might not perish but may have eternal life. God loves the world. Nicodemus went into this trying to figure out exactly what was right and what was good and what was true because Nicodemus wants to be with what is good and right and true. Nicodemus wants to be someone who exhibits what is good and right and true. Nicodemus is looking for the right things. And I don't fault Nicodemus at all for that. I don't know about you, but I spend most of my life looking for the right things. I'm trying to do the right things. I'm trying to be the right person. I'm trying to accomplish the tasks that I believe are right and good in this world. That's good. But when Nicodemus came to Jesus kind of overwhelmed with all of the rightness that he was trying to find, 
this thesis statement, this bedrock of God, was not about all of the things that we are doing, but about the very love of God that permeates all of it. You see, God loves all. As you are currently, as you were in your past, and as you will be in the future, God loves you and me, us all. Now, the pericope, those of you who are experts in what comes right after this text, it goes on. It says that those who don't believe in this God are condemned, and the ones who do are saved. thought he just said all. Yeah, he did. And that's the part of God that we don't understand. Take the Genesis text that we read here at the beginning. It's really short. It's like God's thesis statement for the people of Israel. Whoever blesses you will be blessed, and whoever curses you will be cursed. And through you, all the families of the world will be blessed. There's that all again. You see, God recognizes that there will be condemnation for some whose actions aren't living up to the will of God and that there will be blessing for some for the ones who are truly in line with God, but both for the condemned and for the cursed and for the blessed, there is love. There is blessing for all. This is the heart of God that sometimes our human hearts don't understand. That where there is condemnation, there is still blessing. And that where there is blessings and curses, there is still love. That there is nothing and nowhere that you can be or go that would separate you from this love. There is no action that separates you. There is no task that separates you. There's no amount of apathy or lack of knowledge that can separate you from this love. And that is true for you as well as for the whole world. There's no amount of political incorrectness that separates anyone from this love. There's no amount of harm done to one another that separates us from this love. Yes, there's expectation from God that we treat each other well and that we be as Christ to one another. But never are we separated from love. God loves the whole world. All of the families of the world will be blessed. And that never, ever goes away by any of the other words of God. God has said this, and God doesn't mince words. When I bow to you during the service, It was taught to me that we bow because we see the imagio dei, the image of God, in one another. That when I come to service, I don't bow to the altar. It's a piece of wood. I bow to the image of God that I see. And that's you. When we share peace with one another, we share a peace that God has given us and a peace that at times seems elusive and we make a promise 
It's not that I have peace and then I give it to you. It's that I affirm a faith that God's peace is with you, will be with you, is a part of you. And every person that will ever step foot in this sanctuary and every person that I meet, I need to bow. I need to share that peace. There is a love of God that permeates all beings and all people and all things. Who am I not to bow to that? Who am I not to recognize the image of God in that? This week, I want you to hear that for yourselves. That there's at least one person, if not many in this world, who see the goodness and image of God in you. And I'm not just blowing smoke. That you are good and that you are loved. There's nothing. Not condemnation from yourself. Not condemnation from anyone else. That can separate you from that. Peace be with you. Amen.